Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hits! Browns are going to win! Bayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. fans now cover two a podcast on the cleveland browns hey everybody welcome back to cover two this is dan cater of course joined as always by browns beat writer nate ulrich nate how have you been good dan how are you uh very very good we are here today to talk about nick chubb and him getting uh a brand new, well-earned contract with the Browns. So that is going to be the main subject of today's podcast. That's going to uh, lead us through basically the whole thing. Um, but there, there is a ton of coverage of the Browns and training camp over at beaconjournal.com slash Browns slash sports slash Browns. Excuse me. Um, really, really interesting story about Austin Hooper. Uh, that That's a must read to me, but uh, Nate, let, let's talk Nick Chubb. He got the the new contract. It's the first domino to fall in terms of, you know, Brown's contracts because there was, as, as we've talked about many times, there's him, there's Baker Mayfield, there's Denzel Ward, and there's Wyatt Teller. As I believe you predicted, Nick Chubb was the first one to uh, get done, and it did. Three years, $36.6 million, and $20 million guaranteed. So that that takes Nick Chubb three years. That takes him to before he hits 30, which is like the magic number or magic age for running backs when there's just diminishing returns in quality of play. What did you think when you heard that this was a, a three-year deal and it was for basically $12 million a year? Well, I thought it it made a lot of sense for both sides. The Browns didn't need to, you know, break the bank and top the market for an elite player. You know, they got him just under what Derrick Henry makes per year. You know, Henry about $12.5 million annual uh, average and Chubb and his new money is at $12.2 million. So Chubb comes in uh, with the new money average as the sixth highest paid running back. And... You know, you might look at it and say, well, why didn't Chubb want more? Why didn't Chubb, you know, fight for more? I just don't think that's Nick Chubb's style. And I remember talking to you about that in June when he made the comments he did about his agent talking contract extension with the Browns. And he was like, I don't like uncertainty. This is where I want to be. I know what I have here. I love it. Cleveland's where I want to be. And I think that's the way things were handled. And, you know, 
uh, Chubb did speak today in Berea and listened to him, um, you know, talk about the contract extension. And he just echoed, you know, how happy he is and he's relieved to have it behind him. And now he can focus on the season. You know, he said there wasn't really, you know, he didn't really like instruct his agents to get this done now, um, but certainly is glad, glad that it did. And just nothing about Nick Chubb made me think that he was going to be, you know, turning offers down and, and you know, basically demanding to be the top paid guy. I think he realizes, you know, that he has something special here with Kareem Hunt. You know, not not many running backs, certainly the other top paid running backs can't say that they have a, you know, a guy like Kareem Hunt, a guy of that caliber to have a dynamic duo with. And and Nick Chubb knows what that means. It means that the wear and tear on his legs isn't going to be what it would be in most other situations where, you know, he's obviously going to get, you know, the bulk of the workload, but he does have Kareem Hunt to, to, to alleviate some of that. And that's a big deal uh, for running backs when you talk about tread on tires. Um, and so the idea that the Browns were able to get this done for what they got it done was a slam dunk on their end. And I think it made a lot of sense on Nick's end too, because he still gets a really nice payday with, with a lot of guaranteed money. You know, he talked today about, you know, the devastating knee injury that he suffered at Georgia in, in 2015. And, you know, I've written a lot about that and a couple different times, talked to him about it. He tore three of the four ligaments in that knee, everything but the ACL. And, had like a major reconstruction. He even posted pictures on Instagram after he agreed to the contract Saturday night uh, saying like, basically look how far I've come since then. And when you kind of have that in your, in your history, you're not going to take an opportunity like this for granted. He knows how hard he works day in and day out. And he obviously, you know, deserves to be rewarded for it. So, you know, he got rewarded for it. But it wasn't a thing where he was going to ever, ever play the diva, uh, you know, and and, you know, say tell his agent, say, you've got to play hardball. I've got to be the number one running back in the NFL. That's just not anything like his personality. But with the three years tacked on to the year, the final year, the final season that we're about to start here in 2021, the final season of his rookie contract, he's with the Browns uh, under contract through the 2024 season. Like you said, Dan, by going, you know, on a three-year extension instead of a four-year extension that allows him to get another bite at the apple uh, before he turns 30. You know, he turned, he'll have turned 29 in late December of his final season under, under this contract extension. And again, theoretically, you know, might have, uh, you know, a lot less tread on the tires. If he's with Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt's under contract through 2022. So the Browns are set up to at least have that dynamic duo for two more seasons. Makes a lot more sense. Nick Chubb can still get, you know, an under 30 contract uh, with with a nice signing bonus guaranteed money. Um, because if we know anything about Nick Chubb, he's going to keep working really hard. And, you know, he's going to continue to produce an elite level and set himself up for the future as well. So I think it just makes sense for both sides. And, I think it kind of reflects the personality and character of Nick Chubb too, to, to just get it done and, and get it out of the way. I agree. And it, like you said, it, it's right in line there with what Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, 
uh, those guys are all all making. Uh, and you can argue that um, Chubb is better than all of them, except maybe Henry. But at, at the same time, Henry Henry's stats are based on usage more than anything, I think. And he, he is getting run to the bone. I mean, he ran the ball 378 times last year. Um, Nick Chubb, I, I didn't look it up, but it's it, even average per game. It is nowhere cl- close to how much wear is being put on Derrick Henry by the Titans. So, and you know, at, at, ahead of those guys, you have Ezekiel Elliott, who really suckered Dallas into a, a bad contract. You have Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, who are just different kinds of players. They're running back, sure, but they're more offensive weapons. So Nick Nick Chubb is now right in line with the the best pure running backs, I guess you would call them, in the NFL. Um, so that that to me, Nate, kind of says like I don't want to say any contracts are easy, but he's right in there. So I I think it was easy, an easy contract for the Browns, an easy contract for Nick Chubb, because I, to me, that's the three year part of that. And the, um, what is it? $20 million guaranteed. I think those are the two biggest parts for him. So this strikes me as, as a fairly easy contract. The, the other ones that are, are coming up that I mentioned earlier are not. And that is Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, and figuring out Wyatt Teller. Out of those guys, now that now that Chubb's done, who's next? I think it's going to be Denzel Ward. And the reason why is I, I always go on what just makes the most sense because for really – the most part and maybe just all the time that's what Andrew Barry has done since he's become Brown's GM and that was my basis for Chubb getting done first and when we talked about in the past I've said like if you look at the shot clock so to speak on these contracts like Chubb's shot clock is closer to zero than the other ones I mean I'm just talking about the main three the top priorities of Chubb Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield that Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield are under contract through the 2022 season because they are first round picks and they had their fifth year options exercised by Andrew Barry in April. Chubb was an early second round pick, so no fifth year option for him. So therefore he was scheduled to become a free agent this coming March. So the shot clock was ticking down farther, faster, whatever, closer to zero for him had to get it done. There was more urgency or else he's going to hit the open market. So Andrew Barry, just being very logical and very smart, got that one done first. And you're right, I do think it was relatively easy the way it panned out for both sides. I think Ward is next because Ward and Chubb in June said, yeah, that their agents were in contact with the Browns and their contract extension talks had already begun. You know, we talked to Andrew Barry uh, before one of these practices uh, at training camp in Berea last week. And I forget the days because they all blur together for me when we're in camp. But recently, Andrew Barry talked and 
I asked him many questions about Baker Mayfield. Of course, he stuck to his code, and that's not to publicly discuss contracts, but certainly continue to say the things that you say about a quarterback who you want to extend. But I also found out that those extension talks have not started. There haven't been meaningful discussions about a contract extension between the Browns and Baker Mayfield. So I know that Chubb and Wards started this offseason, and both guys said it on the record in June. I just think that they're farther along in the Denzel Ward talks than they are in the Mayfield talks, which, again, in earnest, have not even begun. So I think that it is going to be Denzel Ward who's next. And the other thing with the Baker Mayfield um, piece of this is obviously everyone involved is watching, and it's kind of a game of chicken, I believe, as you described it before, Dan, with Josh Allen Mm -hmm. and Lamar Jackson. So it is the most complicated of the high-priority contract extensions that we're discussing with, with the Browns and Andrew Barry and how everybody's viewing this. Therefore, I think it will be done last of the three. I still think it's going to happen. I just don't know when. The timing, I thought, would probably be before the season for a long time. But now, in my latest round of checking into it and finding out that here we are in training camp and it hasn't started yet, I mean, unless it goes from zero to 60, like, next week, or they really start heating things up out of nowhere, I just kind of think that it's going to go into the season and that it won't, you know, be a camp deal. I think that getting Nick Chubb done in camp obviously clears the way for for the next one, and I predict it'll be Denzel Ward. Well, he's the quarterback, so we have to stick on this for a little bit quickly here. Do you think this is any instance? I, I know we have the, the game of chicken thing. And I know we have the order of of when we think these players are going to be signed. And I, I agree, Ward next. But with Mayfield, do you think any part of it is him having absolute confidence in his ability and just betting on himself for another season? Do you think that's playing into it at all with him? Um, No. As far as the contract talks not starting, no. I think it's the... I think it's the Browns order of things like the sequence and the sequence in which Barry wants to get it done. I think he looks at this and says, okay, Mayfield. Okay. It is going to be the most complicated of these ones we, we want to get done. Um, It's going to set a record for our franchise. It'll be the, the largest, most lucrative contract we ever give or have given. Um, And there's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and all that. Um, so let me start with Nick Chubb. Let me get that one done. Let me get that knocked out because he is the guy whose contract will expire the soonest. And he is a key cornerstone piece of the franchise, a guy who embodies everything we want to be. Like we've talked about then zero off field baggage, all work, all character, you know, tough, smart, accountable to a T he's the guy you want to reward. Um, and, you know, we've talked a million times about this, too. Hey, the analytics community usually isn't into to paying lucrative contracts at the running backs. But guess what? He He's an elite running back, and he transcends his position with all the intangible stuff. Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. 
said it today. Kevin Stefanski confirmed these thoughts <laughs> and said, yeah, he does think it sends a good message when you to, to the other guys in the locker room when you reward a guy who does all the right things, and that's Nick Chubb. Andrew Berry, um, you know, called, called him the soul of the team uh, today in a, in a, when they announced the signing in a news release. So, yeah, it just made all, all, you know, the sense in the world for those reasons. And with Mayfield, I just think that there's, there's a lot of factors at play and there are less hurdles to clear um, with him than with, with Denzel Ward. So, uh, that's why I think Denzel Ward comes next and why the talks started with Ward uh, and Chubb, you know, back in the spring and uh, have not started with Mayfield. Yeah, I don't think it's a Mayfield slow playing this thing situation. I think it's a Browns, you know, and how they're going about this thing. Hmm. So do you think you know how this fan base is? And you know how players are amongst themselves. Do you think it's problematic at all if Mayfield doesn't get done for quite some time? You know, does does it become an issue for the fan base, you know, where you start questioning, you know, if Baker Mayfield struggles for a little bit, you know, and he doesn't have the new contract, does that start a, a, a uproar from the fan base? Like, hey, maybe this isn't the guy. And we don't have to worry about the contract. Do you think it becomes a problem in the locker room at all? Um, if Baker Mayfield doesn't get a contract, you know, say by the middle of the season or something, and both sides just say, "Hey, let's just let's just do this after the season. Let's let's come back to this after the season," which which is a thing that happens often in sports, um, where contract negotiations are just cut off so both sides can focus on on the games. Um, do you think it's a, an issue if, if a Baker Mayfield contract doesn't happen sooner than later? I don't think it's going to be, I, I mean, I, maybe that's just a really optimistic view. I mean, because obviously things can get weird with contract situations. I, I've seen it before, but you know, I just think that both sides know that they want this partnership to be long term and that they're comfortable with that. And I think Kevin Stefanski is really good at communicating with his players. And I think Andrew Barry is really good at communicating with players and agents. So I just I don't think these guys are going to let this get dysfunctional. I just don't. I mean, they haven't this <laughs> with so many Browns regimes that were nothing but dysfunctional. These guys haven't been like that. They've been the opposite. So I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And Mayfield has said all the right things. And, you know, I just I think that there's comfort there that they know mm-hmm. that they want to get it done. So if it I just don't sensing anxiety or panic from him when he talks about it, I think there are a bunch of reasons for it. You know, some of the reasons I think were one, he knows they want to get other guys done. And, and he knows Nick Chubb was one of them. Was, I think he was very happy for Nick Chubb was one of the teammates who congratulated him like instantly on Twitter he knows Denzel Ward, you know, they want to get him done. Those are his draft classmates. And he knows Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson play a role in this whole thing. He knows he's surrounded by a ton of weapons and crazy continuity that's like very, very rare in the NFL and the coaching staff with the playbook, with the personnel on offense. And like he's set up for success. So like 
he has no doubt in his mind that he's going to be even better than last year and just continue to position himself even better if it doesn't get done, you know, before the season or early in the season. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if these talks, like I've been writing for a while, are into the season. Um, but I'm just telling you right now that they haven't really begun in a meaningful way yet. And if they are into the season and Mayfield comes out red hot and the Browns are five and zero or four and one or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an early season. You know what I mean? Like sometime in the you know October range, you know early fall um, thing, it could get done then. So. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I'm I'm not looking at this with doom and gloom, Dan. And your question about the fans, they might, maybe, maybe, maybe the scars of the past will will catch up to a lot of people. But I hope that they kind of view it through the lens that I'm viewing it through, and that's that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have shown us nothing but like ultra competency so far. And so, like, until something changes along those lines. I don't think it's time to freak out. Hmm. I do want to ask you about one more contract real quick. Paul DePodesta, uh, he signed a, a five-year extension last year. Uh, Browns owner Jimmy Haslam revealed that during training camp. Am I crazy thinking that's just as important as any of these players getting these contracts? Because, man, I, I know when the Browns were going through 1-31, it was, what the hell does Paul DePodesta even do? How could he know anything about football? Um, and all, all that stuff. I know I was asking those questions. And now it's, you know, Paul DePodesta is almost like the, the hand of gold or everything he touches. Um, how important is it that the Browns are, are going to have this guy around for, for five years? Well, I don't want to... This isn't like a commercial for me, but I'm just going to tell you what happened when the Haslam's talked on (laughs) Saturday. I asked him um, about Paul DePodesta's contract, and that's when Jimmy Haslam revealed that that DePodesta had signed this extension last year, and he said it aligns with the other guys. I said, you mean that it's a five-year deal just like Stefanski and Barry got? And he said, yes that makes all the sense of the world. That's what we did. And they, you know, he and D raved about Paul and how smart he is. And I also asked them about Nick Chubb uh, and his, how meaning, how, how much he means to the organization uh, as he enters the final year of his deal and how he's the star with the contract that would expire the soonest. And they, they raved about Nick Chubb and, how great he is, but said the the rest is in Andrew Barry's court. Well, Chubb, hours later, agrees to the contract extension. So I felt like, um, wow, I'm, I'm glad that, that we talked about that. Uh, it would have been cool if they had said, like, yeah, we're r- working really hard like this, like to get something <laughs> done here in the next few hours. So don't drive home while this breaks. Like, because that's what happened to me. And then, like, it also would have been cool if, like, a year ago they would have told us about Paul D. Podesta instead of, you know, just Saturday. So, like, we learned about a year-old contract extension from them on <laughs> and then didn't get the heads up that hours later Chubb was going to be extended. So it was, like, a really weird, like, 
Twilight Zone contract extension talk. But the bottom line is we got information about both of them, even though they're a year apart. But Baldi Podesta is really important, obviously. And yeah, like the bottom line is he did the teardown and he talked about tearing it down in the studs after the fact. Um, And they went one in 31, as we all know, and built it back up. But the crazy part about it is like the Haslam's fired Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchen, Sashi Brown, and John Dorsey. They kept Paul T. D. Podesta through all of it. But I always wondered if he was just going to go back to baseball one day because things were bad for a long time here. And he was like, you know, right in the thick of it. And this was his vision to a large extent. Uh, but it turned and he stuck with the Haslam's and they stuck with him long enough. And you know, they had their little secret extension they did last year and, and to line up with these guys that uh, they finally let them hire. Right. And that's the big point I'm trying to make. Like they finally let the chief strategy officer be the chief strategy officer. With like a real say in the organization, remember, like he wanted Sean McDermott while they hired Hugh Jackson. Like that's a famous story. Right. Like so they basically let Paul D. Podesta, hey, he he led these searches that led to Stefanski and Barry's hiring, and and they were his guys, and they went with his choices finally. And so I think it's really um, important to remember in the, whole, in the whole story of the Browns and how they turned it around is, like, they did have this genius guy. Yeah, he was from baseball, and he had a lot to learn in the NFL. It, it was historically bad under the first couple seasons he was aboard, but really, when you listen to him, you finally hired the right people. And now he has contract extensions that align with them. And so, yeah, I think that was a really big deal. And even though the extension happened a little more than a year ago, Dan, like I thought it was a big deal and I put a headline on it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a huge deal. Um, I, I, have, I have not taken such an extreme uh, 180 on a person in regard to football uh, as much as I have on Paul DePodesta. Um, I, I know he doesn't talk a lot, talked around draft time, as I recall. I know he's a very private dude. I know he, he doesn't really come to Berea. He, he works from home. So there, there's a little more mystery in, in Paul DePodesta and, and what he does and in that, but his, his fingerprints are all over. Um, what, what the Browns are becoming. So yeah. I, I, I thought that was a great, great move by the Haslam's, even if we did find out about it a year late, uh, but that that's okay. Um, it's done. Yeah. And we tried back when they hired Stefanski and Barry and talked to Jimmy about it and talked to Paul about it and it hadn't mm. gone done at that point. And then just talking to Paul so few and far between and same with the Haslam's really, they talk like twice a year. Uh, you know, it took a while for them to go on the record with it. They never put out a contract extension announcement or anything like that. And like, it's pretty rare when Adam Schefter doesn't like tweet something about a big deal like this. So yeah, it just it was a complete secret for like a year, but we finally got it out of Jimmy on the record. And, and, you know, he, he did say it was a five-year deal with, with just like the other guys got. And so now you should have this, this uh, this team in place that gets along for the first time in a long time. You got you got this, you know, trio at the top of the organization. And and Jimmy and D, I asked him, are, 
are are these guys because they talked so much about alignment when they were trying because they had so much infighting they were really trying to get the alignment right because um, they hadn't done that kept swinging and missing with that and there was all this dysfunction and power struggles and we know all of them but yeah since they bought the team in 2012 it was like that so they were really that was the 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 key word alignment that's what they wanted in these latest head coaching and gm hires and and jimmy said that paul andrew and kevin worked together even better than he thought he were, would and, and and dia echoed it so you know obviously you know going 11 and 5 and making the playoffs for the first time in in 18 years as a franchise in their first season together you know that's going to help right that's going to help the relationship you know the honeymoon period gets extended out you know, a couple of years, you know, when you when you kick things off that way. But yeah, like you, you've got to have faith in them and, and they got to the Haslam's got to be feeling really good right now about the, the decision to, to give them all five year contracts and and see what they can really do, because this team does seem positioned for a lot of great things and, and not just like a flash in the pan. But they seem like they're built to to have that sustained success that so many regimes have talked about but not even come close to achieving so true um they and anything else this week again like i said at the top we, we were talking contracts on the podcast this weekend we had to keep it kind of short uh just because of work stuff but um other work stuff i should say this is also work stuff but nate anything else there, there's a ton of stuff up on, on the site now again that's beaconjournal.com slash sports slash browns Anything else you want to hit on quickly? Well, I, I'll just say that training camp hasn't been boring, but it has been <laughs> crazy eventful because in the new CBA, there's a five-day on-field acclimation period. So, like, we're just getting out of that now. And, um, you know, Marla Reidenauer is covering today's practice for me uh, on Monday. We're recording this uh, Monday afternoon just as practice is getting underway. Uh, and I'll be back out there Tuesday. Um, but I've been in every day and, uh, you know, thus far to begin camp and, you know, it just, there hasn't been a ton of, you know, action because they haven't been in pads yet. They haven't been live hitting. They've been mm-hmm. ramping things up and that's, that's on purpose. And, you know, I, I think that, um, we're going to learn a lot more about the team here in the next week to two weeks and then we can get into more of kind of the on-field action uh camp developments in another pod uh because frankly right now there there hasn't been you know a ton um that we didn't really see in that three-day window of mandatory mini camp so that's kind of where we're at right now the biggest story of camp so far are, are kind of the things we just touched on um you know the haslam's talking andrew berry talking Nick Chubb extension, uh, finding out about the old Paul D. Podesta extension. So I'll leave it at that, Dan. We can catch up with <laughs> more football later. Absolutely. Next week we will talk about more about the happening is in Berea, who's hitting who, if, if we're seeing any separation at all, or if Nate's seeing any separation, I should say, in some of these training camp battles. Much, much more. Look, we, we cover the Cleveland Browns like nobody else. So uh, please check it out. Please read it. Beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns for that. Thank you very much for listening to Cover 2 this week. We will talk to you next time.